0: Hello, I'm Herschel Gordon-Lewis, and I'm sometimes referred to in filmographies as the Godfather of Gore. If you're wondering what that means, you're about to see what it means, because you are about to see the first movie that qualifies in today's standards as a splatter film. Yes, I'm credited with inventing that category with a movie called Blood Feast. Blood Feast may not feature extravagant acting or sets, or even effects because it was the first one. And as you will see, when you look at this picture today, with history behind it, you will see some shots that compare with some of the rather outlandish effects you'll see in contemporary movies. It's laughable, but is it laughable? Any more than Columbus coming across the ocean was laughable if he were to try it today. The key scene in Blood Feast, is the famous or infamous tongue scene. If you're wondering what the tongue scene is, you're about to see it. And yes, your imagination is not running wild. It is exactly as described. So welcome to my world. Welcome to the origin of the entire world we are both in now. Welcome to Blood Feast.
1: clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling,
2: gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinema Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck, filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. They weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film. Cinema Psyops!
3: hundred first consecutive week of cinema psyops i'm your host court the guy that is so fucking stoked to be doing so much trash for the next 16 weeks of his life that he can't even believe that his Oh
4: Matt
5: is going along with him ah trash well I'm a trash person so I might as well watch some trash shit you know what
3: I mean <laughs> might as well wallow in garbage like the garbage we are
5: <laughs> yes I mean come on of course
3: <laughs> okay I'm being a bit facetious here I will freely 100% fully admit it um, yeah these aren't great they're not great movies and we're going to have a whole bunch of this where it's literally going to be this level of filmmaking he's going to improve and he's going to dwindle back and forth depending upon what it is that we're watching so so I can understand where some folks, maybe this isn't going to be their thing. You know, this just may not be for them. I totally get that. But, yeah. but I already know that you and I are going to have a blast with how trashy these movies are because of the type of film watching that we've done in our history. You know, Yeah. It's, it should be a good time. Yeah. I mean, you're coming from the, I love the MST3K aspect yeah. of watching bad movies. And I'm, uh, I'm coming from the, I love watching bad movies aspect of watching bad movies. I, you
5: just like, you just like, you just like watching all the bad shit. Yeah. Well, it's not. not. Not only the bad shit,
3: but clearly you have to wallow through the muck and the filth before you find the truffle. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Luckily, it's only about an hour. uh, This film, Blood Feast, is. Yeah, this uh, should
5: not be a long show today.
3: Spoiler alert, there's 13 fucking clips for an hour long movie.
5: Are you fucking kidding? You clipped the entire fucking movie then. I kind of did all of the dialogue. Yeah.
3: Cause everybody needs yeah, to experience yeah, this. They they need to know, you know what I'm saying? They just, they I mean, they know. could watch it. Well, yeah, it's only an hour. It's out there. Go find it. Go watch yeah. it. Go enjoy go it. Come it. back go to watch. us and, yeah. then, and go through this journey with us or and then we'll talk.
5: Yeah. And if you don't want before, <laughs>
3: and if you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. I'm still going to go through the review because this is what I do for a hobby every week. Yeah, right. Let's not put too much importance on this. This is our fucking hobby. Let's treat it like
5: this that. It's a, a hobbyist shit. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till we get sponsors someday. <laughs> yeah. And this bloodbath is brought to you by Tampax.
3: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, that's the kind of dark thing I'm going to transition into to actually doing the review from. So thank you very much, sir.
5: You're welcome. Uh,
3: this week for the Pirate Radio edit, we are going to have blood themed songs and or songs that are directly about this film. Actually, there's only one song I know of that's directly about this film, and I'm just going to play it first because it's fucking Misfits and they
6: deserve it. All so
3: right. up first, Misfits with Blood Feast, their song, right after this.
6: This'll keep it quiet.
3: Oh, hi there.
6: I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. costs for good microphones and software for editing all the things that make our shows you know fun to listen to and you can help if you're enjoying the shows on LegionPodcasts.com or in the legion network available on itunes and stitcher just about anywhere you can download a podcast really you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts for just two bucks a month you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to patreon and for five dollars you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, this picture, truly one of the most unusual I ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance,
4: that you and the child leave the auditorium.
3: So, the argument that this song, Blood Feast, is going to make for everybody is that the blood in this is actually so real because they just can't fake it. And yeah. given the what? time that this film was released in, I can see where you might actually fall for that. I, I'm willing to play devil's advocate on this. That blood looks way more realistic than any other blood that was put in, on film in the 60s.
5: Right? It almost looks more real than like what Dawn of the Dead gave us, the original one. Well, they're using the
3: same 3M stage blood formula for Dawn of the Dead as huh. they actually did for a lot of... Of other movies at the time and it was way too opaque and while it was looking super red in person for theatrical purposes because it's reflecting the big light for theatrical purposes it actually has too much white in it for filmmaking and that's what makes it get that very like tempera paint red look to it. Yeah. And Herschel Gordon-Lewis had his own specific uh actual formula for fake blood and we'll go over that later on. That We don't need to dig into that too much but his formula was based on something else and he actually was testing it for the film stock he was going to be shooting on to make mm. sure that he can make it look as realistic as possible. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's crazy. Listen to that shit. That's good. All right, so let's get into the Blood Feast, the first 20. Blood Feast opens with a young woman arriving at home and listening to the radio. That's dialogue and our first clip.
0: <laughs> and now, some tragic local news. We have a report of another murder tonight. A young girl has been found dead in Rogers Park. The body was badly mutilated. Because of these murders, police request that all women stay inside their homes after dark. If you must go out, please have someone accompany you. Keep your door locked. We'll repeat that. Police request that all women stay inside their homes after dark. If you must go out. Okay,
3: just want to state right off the bat, those of you that are in the know that have seen this film, like Matt and myself and everybody else there that actually watched it before listening to the review, you know that there are a tremendous amount of dead spaces in between the things that people say. Those have been justifiably truncated for you so that you don't have to deal with that stuff because your court is a loving court who won't torture you that much. I mean, he
5: will, but I mean, what are you going to fucking do about it?
3: (laughs) They like it and say, thank you, daddy. May I have another?
5: Oh, gross. (laughs)
3: Don't you kink shame us. I will kink shame you. All right. So after that clip, she strips down to take a bath after it.
5: And I mean, because as one does. Yeah. As one does. You usually ah. do take off your clothes to bathe. Yes. Well, yeah. And also like right after you get listening to like a horrific serial killer out right now, you time to take a bath. There are friends of our wives that listen to
3: 911 calls on YouTube to fall asleep at night, so you don't know what people are into to relax.
5: Oh, oh, I know. Trust me. You you should see some of the things my wife watches just to go to bed at night. (laughs) Well, after she strips down for the bath, the film focuses
3: on a book entitled Ancient Weird Religious Rites, which seems like a very offensive title for your book.
5: Right? (laughs) Right? Right? Just a little.
3: Yeah, and they're focusing on this book when there is a woman in a bathtub, so it must be important to the story. Yeah, it's gotta be. Something's important, right? We then see her barely covered by soap bubbles as our villain enters and stabs her in the face, which ends up being in the eye, killing her. Then he hacks off her leg ever so slowly and unconvincingly, I might add. Yeah, yeah. But what is legit convincing is that mutilated bit of bone and grizzle sticking out in the aftermath of her wound. Now, if you know anatomy, you absolutely know this is 100% bullshit. You know that that's not what the end of a human knee actually looks like. But the fact that they put in an actual, like, pretty much large chicken bone to stick out to look like the end of a knee, and then they wrapped it in some viscera and then smothered that in this really realistic-looking fake blood, which I do have to mention, there's bits of real meat that they use in some of these scenes. It is believable enough. I mean, that's not that rare, dude. People use meat as an effect. That's true. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Thinking of that being on you is kind of gross. I get that. But what I'm saying is that's not all that, you know, I mean, this may be the first time that it's happened, but everybody has done that since, including actual cow guts and pig guts on people.
5: Yeah. Wait, what?
3: Yeah, anyway, um, the reason that I wanted to bring that up is just basically the blood actually matches to the point, you know, of actually looking like real blood on this real meat that they have mixed in to where it is really convincing gore. And for its day, I can't imagine how fucking terrifying and shocking that would have been to see when he removes that leg and then that piece that's left behind and then the blood and gore that's on the actress's eye and the bits of viscera that are on the knife after he stabs are there. That shit looks way too fucking
5: real. Oh, yeah. The amount of makeup they put over her eye, yeah. But it looks fucking horrific so i mean good job movie (laughs) he
3: makes a break for it with the woman's leg and the score swells as opening credits begin and i type this all the way through it sounds like he got a leg up (laughs) the (laughs) credits end and it fades into a pig pen well what you would call a police station and our next clip
8: pete this is the worst yet i don't know what to make of it Seven killings in two weeks. Young girls, and each killing more brutal than the other. This lab report doesn't mean anything. We went over that last girl's apartment with a fine-tooth comb. Thought he looked like
7: Jack the Ripper had got to her.
8: There should have been clues all over the place, and we couldn't come up with one.
7: Yeah, and the DA's office is getting hot too, Chief. Well, we're just working with a homicidal maniac, that's all.
8: But there's more to this than just a maniac. There is a pattern. Now, all these bodies have been badly mutilated. Certain limbs and organs have been removed. This, uh, Pat Tracy that we found yesterday, the lab says her heart was cut out. Gives me the chills just to think of it.
7: Yeah, and the newspapers are really playing this one up, too. Well, Frank, this looks like one of those long, hard ones. I know what you mean. Oh, Pete, call the radio and
8: television station. Have them repeat those emergency broadcasts every half hour. I want to make sure every woman in this town hears those broadcasts. Well, you better get going. I've got some reports to go over. Okay, Chief.
3: Okay, the Chief is obviously reading his lines off of his left palm in that scene. And Pete is by far the best actor in the film, but that is really not saying much.
5: Listen, the Chief is someone's cousin, all right? We all know it. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it by this point.
3: (laughs) Knowing Herschel Gordon Lewis, he struck a deal with the hotel that they were filming in that had all of this like Egyptian themed stuff that they used in the movie to put someone in a main character role that was probably running the hotel in order to get the rights to film there.
5: Probably. Yeah, something.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these. it's basically like gathering a bunch of people together and hey, why don't we just try and make this crazy fucking film that's going to offend everybody? That's all it is. It's a bunch of people pitching in to have fun, making a trash film to show shock and, like, terrified. That's all.
5: And just what's wrong with that?
3: Absolutely nothing. Once you know that this is the level of acting that you're going to get into, you're either going to fucking bail or you're going to just start making out at the drive-in and wait for the next gore scene to pop up.
5: That's right. Let's go to the drive-ins and make out.
3: <laughs> the film dissolves from this into Fuad Ramsey's catering business. There is fucking dialogue. I am not going to write all this shit down. That's our next clip. I don't blame you.
9: are you Mr. Ramsey's? I'm Dorothy Fremont. Uh... Well, I heard about you from a friend of mine, Annette Dupree. I'm giving a dinner party in two weeks for my daughter, and Mrs. Dupree said that you cater to just the type of thing I'm looking for. I want uh, uh, something unusual, something totally different.
2: Yes, Mrs. Fremont, I do cater to unusual affairs. What do you consider to be unusual?
9: Oh, I don't know. What do you recommend?
2: Have you ever had an Egyptian feast?
9: Why, that would be fine. That would be perfect. My daughter, Suzette, is a student of Egyptian culture. Mr. Ramses. she'd just love it. An Egyptian feast.
2: Yes, an authentic dinner, such as one might have attended in ancient Egypt. The actual feast of an ancient pharaoh. It has not been served for 5,000
9: years. Yes. Yes. We must do it. Mrs.
2: Fremont, I am honored that you are requesting my services. You see, this type of affair is my specialty. So you see, I shall cook your daughter's dinner
9: for you. Oh, that will be wonderful. Now I'm depending on you. I want Suzette to have a party that will be the talk of the town. Every dish must be authentic. It's a surprise for Suzette, and I do want it to be successful.
2: Your dinner will indeed be a success, Mrs. Fremont. I promise you things will be arranged just as the feast of the goddess was given five thousand Years ago Uh,
9: goddess, Mr. Ramses. I don't think I understand.
2: I I, I only meant uh, that I will arrange things to uh, suit your taste, uh, Mrs. Fremont.
9: Oh, well, that's fine. Then I can leave everything in your hands. Now, this is my card. The name and address are right there. I'm mailing out invitations for two weeks from Saturday night. You can have things ready by then.
2: Things have been ready for a long time, Mrs. Fremont. A long time.
9: Uh, I, be- I beg your pardon. Uh, uh, well, then, uh, good day, Mr. Ramses. Two weeks from Saturday night. Uh, 6.30
3: sharp. So until I knew that the woman that plays Suzette's mother in this was an old friend of theirs and like this uh, glorious photographer who did all of these like nudie cutie shots and everything like that and knew all of these models and, you know, had this like wonderful life outside of just being this terrible actress in this film that causes me pain when she's on screen talking.
5: (laughs) I mean, oof. That voice is grating. Right,
3: right. And clearly, she is a non-actress. Clearly. And that's fine. This is, that's the type of movie that we're watching here. That's what
5: we're all about. We
3: admit it. Right. But here's the issue, right? For years, I have savaged this woman when I've watched this with friends and, you know, or by myself and just like really, really just been so fucking cruel. And the documentary humanized her to the point where I can't do that anymore.
5: Oh, that's so nice of you. Look at you. You're (laughs) (laughs) adorable. I've found
3: respect for someone by realizing that they're more than just one character on screen. (laughs) That's
5: really nice of you, Court. You're growing up. Look at you. (laughs) All right. So let's get back to the movie. So Fuad
3: has some kind of hypnotic ability that was demonstrated there in that clip. We do kind of hear the the noise and then she kind of repeats some things he says. Um, He's basically bending that poor woman's will to his own during the clip, which it doesn't feel like he has to push that hard given that the character seems pretty flighty.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. She doesn't seem like she's around for long.
3: Yeah, I don't think he needed to actually push her brain in order to get that to
5: happen. I think she
3: was already coming around to it before. She's
5: all just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. But no, he did some weird shit.
3: Yeah, so there's some hints at supernatural things going on here. Coupled with the gore, I can see where this could probably really be quite shocking to an audience in the 1960s. You know, especially in the the 60s. <laughs> Say, what? I'm shocked. <laughs> All right. And again, Bill Kerwin as Pete is still the best actor in this film. And that really is not saying much with how bad no. these folks are. yeah. After she leaves, Fuad slinks his way back to his ritual chamber, sex dungeon, kitchen fucking thing, whatever this
5: is. <laughs> And,
3: yeah. He, he lights up an oil lamp awfully fucking close to the curtain he has hung for ambiance.
5: Listen, are you sure a serial killer really cares about resale value? No, of course not.
3: No, but you would think that Herschel and his friends would be worried about the lack of insurance that they have on the set and probably move the lamp a little further away
5: from the curtain. Yeah, these don't strike me as the most responsible people. <laughs> no, when you're making a film
3: like this in 1963, you are not responsible at all. No, 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 not even a little bit. <laughs> he may have even made it in 62 to release it in 63, but that doesn't fucking matter. We need to get back. After he lights that lamp way too fucking close, he begins a prayer to Ishtar that basically restates why he's going to kill women for her, and the film cuts to the most wooden actress known to man, Connie Mason.
5: Good for for her.
3: Her attempt at shock reads more like befuddlement or constipation when she reads the newspaper
5: headline that just simply says leg cut off.
3: What kind of fucking headline is that? That sounds so fake.
5: It looks so Oh, fake. Leg cut off. Oh, well, then on to the next story.
3: I know if it bleeds, it leads, but you at least have a little bit of flair to what you, you know, you just not leg cut off. It's girl horribly <laughs> mutilated, you know, something like that. <laughs>
5: we got some hack and shack going on around here.
3: Yeah, whatever. Well, anyway, it cuts from this to the pig pen, or as you folks would call it, the sheriff's office. I think everyone listens to would call it the pig pen. Yeah, from now on, it's just it's pig pen. And it's it's gonna, pig it's, pen. It's our le- It's our lexicon. It's just pig pen from now on. Decent. And our next clip. A pathological killer on the loose, and we can't find one clue.
4: This man's uncanny. Not one fingerprint. Nothing.
7: Did you check with the girl's neighbors, Pete? Yeah, chief, but they heard nothing. Seems she was a hostess at a restaurant. Got home every night about 12 o'clock. Neighbor said she's a quiet girl never has any friends over. Then I went down and I spoke to her boss. She said "Uh, he has no boyfriend at all. But all the people seemed to like her. And the only thing she seemed to have an active part in was a, a book club she belonged to. Well, stay on it, Pete. Look, we have the
8: police for 200 miles around on this. Every street is patrolled. We sure should get him if he tries it again. Look, i got to go over to the morgue.
4: You gotta work. So
5: this lady had the most boring life imaginable, and this guy killed her. It sounds like he might have done her a favor.
3: Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> this is the woman in the bathtub. Still, they had her leg mutilated, obviously. And given the fact that she had the knockout body that she had, I'm sure her life wasn't that boring unless she chose to make it the way she wants it.
5: Well, I'm just telling you, man. It didn't sound all that fun. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> fucking the only thing everyone seemed to like her but she didn't hang out with anybody uh, didn't have any romantic interests and only was in a book club that was her only hobby fuck
3: the film dissolves from this into a couple indulging in what they used to refer to as the submarine races at least i think that's what they called it back then that's back then the submarine races Does that sound right to you
5: i have no idea you, you're gonna have more info on that one than me
3: <laughs> what couples called making out on the beach in the 60s i have more info on that
5: <laughs> than you I guess, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not up on my 1960s lingo that all the kids are using nowadays. So. <laughs> or or will never use again. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> Hey, O. that's about what is that fucking right? I don't know.
3: I'm sure that he could have said that to her at one point during those submarine races. If you were if you were around and making out in the 60s, was it called the submarine races? Let us know.
5: Let us know if you're around or if you own a time machine. But don't tell us it's a time machine or else the government will come and
3: find you. Or else I will beg you to help me fix my broken life.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. You're going to get a lot of your Facebook is going to get a lot of messages if you come out and tell us you have a time machine. I'm
3: telling me. <laughs> All right, so the couple that are doing the submarine races, the girl wants to go but the guy wants to get it to be go time if you know what yeah, I mean yeah. I think
5: Yeah, there. he wants to he wants to wet his willy.
3: Yeah. She begs to go. He begs for sex. And as they get after it, Fuad drags his ass on over to them and lays out the dude and proceeds to scalp and remove what I assume is the woman's brains. But it looks an awful lot like intestines. But whatever. On the on the wide cut there, it doesn't he's look scooping,
5: like brains. he's scooping out stuff.
3: Yeah, but he's like crushing them with his hands while he's doing yeah. it. Like it's he's trying to make it as gross as possible. It's obvious. Well, anyway, they do show that she is scalped and who fucking knows how she was supposed to have died or what it is that he's messing with there. It just. Looks gross. There's blood everywhere. That's yeah. All
5: I, I think they're just like hey, let's just make this shit look gross, and that's their only thing.
3: Yeah. Again, the thing about this film is how believable this gore actually looks like, and what it was, and how it was portrayed, and it makes it feel so much more fucking sleazy, or too. Like, yeah. At certain points, when you look at this blood and gore, you're like, okay, this is the 1960s. Maybe people really were mutilated for
5: this. Yeah, right. I mean, nothing, it can't be that good. It's 1960s. We're definitely, it's, it, people are definitely killing each other here for real. <laughs> this dissolves from this into the
3: morning boyfriend and the pigs are talking on the beach and our next clip.
5: Yeah.
8: She wanted to leave. She was scared.
4: It's all my fault! I a stay! It's, it's
8: all my fault! Take it easy, Tony. Try to tell us who did it. Must. Try. Try to tell us, Tony. No,
4: no sir! I can't believe I have it! Everything happened so bad! Oh, I saw this shadow, and then I got it. I can't remember. I can't remember.
8: Take it easy. Take this boy to the hospital. We will want
4: to talk to you later, Tony. You
7: calm down. Say, so what do you make of these murders, Frank? He always kills the same way. It just takes one part of the body. This time, it took brains. Now what kind of a creature do that? Pathological killer, sick, sick mind. Well, we've got to notify the parents. I
8: don't look forward to that. You check on the boy. Find out anything he can remember. All right, let's get this poor girl's body down to the morgue. Officer, go get a stretcher, will you please? Mrs. Franklin, have you any idea who could have done
9: this? She was so young, so very young. Arthur, why would anyone do this to our daughter?
8: Try to control yourself, Mom. Marcy was a good girl.
10: She'd want us to help the police. We've got to do whatever we can
7: so that no innocent girls are murdered. Would you like a glass of water, Mrs. Franklin?
8: Mr. Franklin, tell me about your daughter. Who were her friends? Did she ever date anyone besides Tony? Marcy wasn't much of a cat about. She went steady with Tony for over a year. She had lots of friends. Everyone liked her. No one would do this to my Marcy. No one who knew her.
7: Did your daughter belong to uh, any organizations, clubs, anything like that?
8: No. She had lots of friends. She didn't belong to any one particular group. She did have a name on a book club list. Book club list? Where?
7: What do you mean, book
9: club list? She was going to graduate from high school this June. I made her a dress, a white dress. And now she'll never wear it. She'll never wear it. Please, Molly, please.
8: I'll give you a list of a friends' names will do anything, anything at all, to
5: help you find this killer. God damn it, Molly! You're embarrassing your husband at the goddamn police station. Get it under control.
3: <laughs> yeah, Tony and the mother are the most outrageous and uh, over-the-top actors in this. And I mean, I'm even counting the guy playing Fuad and all the fucking bullshit he yeah.
5: does. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And good really good
3: times have by all,
5: really. <laughs> And that, by the way, is the end of the first 20 minutes. Well, a lot of activity here. A lot of people whining like a little bitch about people dying. Hey, people die. All right. Just get used to it. Jesus.
3: Uh, yeah, that's a little bit more hardline edgelord than I think you
5: want to probably do, my friend. Probably. I was trying to put myself in the 1960s because these cops, it sounds like what they're fucking saying. (laughs) calm down bitch
3: <laughs> yeah they are the most uncaring unaffected unreliable just completely it. useless dump bumbling dumby fucking cops yeah.
5: man we get it the woman you loved uh, you just found her you know uh, scalped don't be such a bitch stop oh, crying about it dummies they really are they really really are
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit saucy this morning you're a little salty from something i can tell
5: no uh, i don't know if i'm salty i'm just I'm getting older and uh, the world is pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> there's right. nothing I can do about it because I am too old. <laughs> <laughs> we should just move on and focus in on the movie. We, we, we probably, we really should. The second 20
3: starts with a scene where we get Fuad monologuing and it's dialogue. So, why the fuck not? Our next
2: clip. All is nearly ready. Nearly ready. The ancient formula needed for your rebirth. Now we shall have the flavor. The special flavor. Seasoned just right for you, O oh Mother
4: of the Veil of Darkness.
5: no no no. i guess i thought that was gonna be more important than it was or maybe i just didn't want to type that up because come on yeah he's like hey he did shit all right cool i mean that's all you have to do sometimes
3: (laughs) (laughs) after this we see a drunken couple arriving at either a shitty apartment building or a moderately tolerable hotel (laughs) (laughs) they're doing this to the tune of how dry i am played on what sounds like a kazoo or maybe a violin i can't really tell
5: (laughs) whatever it is it's it's going real well for everyone. The Oops. man
3: in the couple is actually David F. Friedman, the producer and longtime uh, co-worker, I guess you could say, on these types of films with Herschel. That's the, the guy that's helping this lady get moving there. Uh, I got you. Fuad is there to greet them as they arrive at the woman's front door where she is dropped off. After the man leaves, Fuad slinks his way towards the woman's front door and uses the timing to get her to open up where he lunges at her, jamming his fucking fingers into her mouth and begins to, oh, so, so, slowly work his hand around until the film cuts and he pulls out a real sheep's tongue in in real life. It's a real sheep's tongue that was stuck in that actress's
5: mouth. I I figured that's what she, I mean, Hey, kudos to this actress, man. She, uh, she got it together for this movie, all right? <laughs> she tilts her head to the
3: side, and here is where we can see the Herschel Gordon Lewis blood and what looks like maybe mashed up cherries or some other kind of like gelatin gelatinous stuff, like maybe cranberry sauce. I'm not 100% sure. Just yeah. some other amateurish sort of pile-filling of way of doing this. It just drains out. But with the Herschel Gordon Lewis blood and then the tongue dripping with that blood, this looks so fucking real.
5: It, it really does. You're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is really gross. (laughs) I mean, it's gross for today's standards. So, 1960, it must have been just the fucking worst. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I can see where people would call this vomitous. When uh, uh, David Freeman's wife said that this film was vomitous, she was absolutely right. This is fucking gross. It really is. It still holds up as gross. Again, everything about it is so fake and just blatantly amateurish. But when the gore comes into screen, like just when she tilts her head like that, like even though the look on her face is so fucking stupid with the cross eyed and everything when he's Mm -hmm. pulling the tongue out, when he finally gets the tongue out, you see the tongue dripping that blood and you see that stuff pouring out of her mouth. It is unprecedented for anything that you've ever seen before at the time that this came out. And yeah. it's got to make you believe that it just might be real. It makes sense. Yeah, as he might, he,
5: they might have killed this lady for <laughs> shits and giggles, apparently.
3: <laughs> they dissolve from the murdered girl's face to Connie Mason's mom on the couch and our next mega clip. It's like six minutes, folks, so.
5: Oh, Jesus.
9: Oh, Suzette, dear. Well. Things are finally underway for your party.
10: The caterer has a marvelous idea. I can hardly wait. Aren't you excited? Yes, Mother, of course I am. Only, I was reading about all those murders, and it sort of takes all the joy out of everything. It's all so strange. I mean, the police not finding any clues or anything. It's terrible. I just shudder when I think about that butcher, that maniac butchering all those girls. I wish they could find out who did it and put him where he belongs. I won't feel safe until they do. Oh, it is
9: horrible, but Suzette, don't be silly. I'm sure the police will find him real soon. Anyway, the dinner party Saturday will take our minds off all this horrible killing. Suzette, it
10: will be a wonderful surprise. I'm sure it will be, Mother, and I can hardly wait. Well, I better get going. Tonight is the weekly lecture on ancient history. We're learning about cults of the Egyptian gods. Did you say Egyptian god? Well, that's a coincidence.
9: What kind of a coincidence, Mother? Oh, well, there's that nicest little man. He... Oh, well. Call me when you're ready to come home. I don't want you out in the streets at night. Not with all this terrible killing going on.
10: Yes, I will, Mother.
9: Bye. See you later. Hello, Helen. Dorothy Fremont. You are coming to Suzette's party... Oh, wonderful. I have a fantastic tree planned. Oh, well, I found a perfectly delightful caterer who has a marvelous idea. Hmm? His name is Fuad Ramses.
1: Ramses I and Ramses II were pharaohs. It was Ramses II whose soldiers were drowned in the Red Sea while chasing Moses and the Israelites. Now, our mutual interest in the cults of ancient Egypt takes us tonight to the cult of Ishtar a goddess who was worshipped by the early Egyptian and Assyrian peoples more than 5,000 years ago. The worship of Ishtar, or the mother of the veiled darkness, as she was sometimes called, was one of the most bloodthirsty religions ever known. Though she was worshipped as the goddess of love and beauty, such as Venus or Aphrodite of the Greek and Roman civilizations, hers was an evil love that thrived on violence. Now the festival of Ishtar was celebrated at the beginning of spring, when life again was given to the land from the swollen body of the Nile River. The temple of Ishtar stood high on a hill overlooking the city of Antioch. The goddess was served by 20 beautiful young virgin girls. Shammuz was Ishtar's high priest and lover. He was worshipped as a lesser god by the men of the city. On the eve of the feast of Ishtar, the people of the city crowded around the temple. Here, for six wild days and nights, the young priestesses would mingle with the men of the city, and lust would reign over the land. On the seventh day, the crowd would gather at the temple for the great feast, the blood feast that would give the goddess to the people. The young priestesses would be slaughtered on the great altar, their blood would be caught in silver bowls as it ran from their bodies. Then certain organs and limbs would be removed and prepared as dishes to serve the people. As the last morsel of this horrible feast was eaten, the high priestess would show herself rising from the tomb, a living incarnation of Ishtar. Ishtar arisen in flesh and blood and become part of the people. This custom of the blood feast existed for more than 400 years and was finally abolished by Amenhotep, the second of the 15th dynasty. It is said that even today there are still followers of this gruesome goddess. However, it has never been proven. And this concludes my lecture on ancient Egyptian cults and hope to see you all again here next week. Good, you like very much. Thank you, sir.
10: Oh, how could a race of people actually follow such a vile cult? Well, the ancients had many
7: strange cults, honey. You know, an idea based on blood and lust, well, it could spread quickly and a civilization founded on superstition.
10: Yes, I can see what you mean. But to actually eat human flesh? Pete, how could they?
7: Oh, come on, honey, let's talk about something more pleasant, like, for example, you and me.
10: You're coming to my party Saturday night, aren't you? I'm counting on your being my date.
7: Oh, I wouldn't miss it. Say, I understand your mother went all out on this one, even for her. But I will try and make it if I'm not tied up on a case. You know, with all these grisly murders going on, I'm on 24-hour call.
10: Pete, what do you make of all these murders? Isn't there any clue at all?
7: No, not, not so far. You know, we have every man in the force working double duty, but nothing's broken so far. A young, young Tony Parker, the boy was with the girl killed in the beach. Now, he did give us one clue. He said that though everything happened so quickly, he got a glimpse of gray hair and strange glowing eyes. And it seems to be an older man that we're looking for. I kind of got one clue of my own. It's uh, I can't seem to make it fit though. It's about a book, but I can't I can't make out the significance of it.
10: I feel safer with you working on it, Pete. And now I better call mother for a ride home. She gets frantic when I'm out late at night.
7: Say, how about me giving you a lift? You know, the mad killer wouldn't bother you being with a policeman. And don't worry, it's not a police car.
10: I'm not hinting. That would be great. Just let me call Mother first.
7: Okay. If it's not
3: obvious that Connie Mason is fucking up her lines and obviously reading them from cue cards off screen in this clip, you are not very observant with listening to this, or you just weren't paying attention because it was all awful. I understand Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh, yeah. It was terrible.
3: (laughs) During the clip, we get the infamous heart-ripping scene John Waters used in Serial Mom, where I found this film and H.G. Lewis from. I know of him because of Blood Feast and because of that particular scene was featured where Chip is showing it to his mom.
5: Oh, well, that's nice.
3: Yeah. The lecture is easier to deal with as a clip, and the dialogue that resumes after it is as well. I regret nothing for making this giant clip, because believe me, trying to explain that in text form and type it out would have just been so much worse. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> they drive off, and we see good old Pete is a little horny, but they just fucking talk, and that is super boring, so that's our next Biggest Clipist. Of course.
7: Let's stop for a minute, Yeah.
10: I... I don't know. Do you think it's safe?
7: (laughs) You know, on second thoughts, you might be safer with the killer than you are with me.
10: Pete, don't make a joke of it. You know I'm not afraid of you. And it is such a lovely night. Why not? But just for a little while.
7: (laughs) Okay. You know... This is the first pleasant evening I've had since that first murder. I'm just going to sit back, relax. Say, do you know now that I've got you to myself all alone? I don't know what to do with it. But I got an idea or two.
10: Easy, Mr. Officer. You're supposed to keep law and order, not break it. But, you know,
7: you are pretty nice. You know something? You're pretty nice yourself. Say. say, Suzette, uh... Well, ever since we started these Egyptian culture classes, there's... Well, I wanted to say something
10: to you. You have,
11: What is
7: it? What? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm a better policeman than I am a public speaker. And don't speak.
0: We interrupt this program to bring you a news bulletin. Another victim of the recent wave of brutal attacks has been found near death. Police say the victim is a young girl, about 23. Identity has not yet been established. The girl's
7: condition is described as critical. I'd better get going, honey. They might need me down at the station. Oh, Pete. Well, that's it. The
8: whole story. found this girl on a deserted street on the outskirts of town. She was just about gone, but we did get her to a hospital. The whole side of her face was hacked away. Pete, if she can identify her attacker, this just might be the break we've been waiting for.
7: Well, then let's get over there, pronto. Thank you, nurse. That'll be on. Doctor, we've done all we can. Thank you. You uh,
8: may only stay a few minutes. There isn't much time. Doctor, has she any chance at all? Not a chance. This is one of the most brutal cases I've ever seen. Her face was hacked away, clear to the bone.
3: was the old way of doing police work anyone over 40 that had any kind of a record gets picked up and then they just want to try and make them do the work by giving them information to get out of being arrested
5: yeah and you know if they are of a different race than white more power to them i guess yeah they're going to get arrested anyway just because Mm -hmm. and they might just keep them just because and they'll probably just blame them oh we had 17 different killers for the same crime amazing
3: The couple's massive sexual disappointment is interrupted by the radio call there, as we heard in the clip. Another girl was found injured. And then what follows is into the pig pen with the chief and all of that discussion. And then the hospital and then the second of the 20 minutes is now done. And we're we're 40 minutes down and we only have one more segment of 27 minutes to go. Is the story developing at all? Is there a fucking story or is it just a random set of like murders that are happening? And then people talking about how it's impossible to solve because the guy's not leaving any clues behind
5: well i mean he's he's they're trying to get a story in there so i mean at least there's that yeah,
3: how clear is it or how obvious is it at this point that they literally were making the film up as they were shooting it like it's yeah really it kind of
5: it's kind of getting there yeah
3: yeah like he either has wild glowing eyes or he has just wild eyes or they try to make it sound supernatural but it you know like a lot of the testimony between the people and the ways that the deaths are happening is kind of jumping around a little bit yeah and, and some of the deaths happen completely off screen and we don't even get to see I mean you actually there's like maybe like five actual murders like or brutality or gore scene in this film i think it's about five brutal mm-hmm. grisly death um, yeah but they hint at that he's been doing this for so much fucking longer but you think we would have gotten to see at least the start of that but maybe they didn't have the money to show the stuff that they described for this woman how she was mutilated you know like because apparently like he just carved her whole face off and yeah apparently and
5: all this stuff fucked her up real bad
3: yeah <laughs> It really doesn't matter because it's enough of a story it propels you forward you know what's going on and it's pretty much at this point watching it for the review that I realized this feels a lot like those episodes of CSI like this is the same fucking template that CSI would run with and this would become like classy entertainment all that could be broadcast on TV for people at one point
5: it's true (laughs)
3: <laughs> I just love how culture eventually goes from this shocking outrage horror yeah. trash to something that everybody can get into and watch at like 8 p.m. on a Wednesday.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now everyone, now every old person is like tuned into NCIS.
3: Right, right. Where it's even more homogenized and kind of something yeah. that they can kind of get into and then lust after the gothy chick who works in the morgue.
5: Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you I don't to know- think she worked in the morgue. I think it was a uh, tech i don't
3: know (laughs) yeah i never really watched the fucking show because i'm not 70
5: well i did for a while but i mean there's sometimes a show could run too long (laughs) (laughs)
3: speaking of shows running too long why don't we move on and finish off the
5: movie (laughs) shows (laughs) ran almost 400 episodes too long
3: One could argue it might be 399 (laughs) All right, so the last 27 minutes starts with pigs piling into a pigmobile and then cuts to Fuad Ramsey's receiving a request for his book, Ancient Weird Religious Rites. Again, kind of an offensive title there for academia. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) And then it all comes together about how this man chooses his sacrificial victims for the goddess. He looks something up in what we used to call a phone book and makes a call on what was once called a rotary phone for those kids out there that don't for, know what the fuck for all you seeing.
5: don't know that that was a that's a We used to, our homes used to have their own telephone.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And that was the only means of making communicative calls from one place to another was a mounted phone upon your wall or desk that you could not move very far. Unless they
5: bought like a super long cord because some kitchen phones had that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Or they just got stretched out so bad that it never really recoiled. Yeah, we we won't get into how phones
5: work. That's fine. fine. No, yeah, yeah, that's not what this podcast is about. But now I feel old.
3: Yeah,
4: when you know,
5: there's, you no know, you know, there's someone listening out there. It's like, you mean there used to just be a phone in the house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You fucking kids.
3: So the name on the letter was Trudy Sanders. That's who wrote the letter and that's who he requests. So that's basically how he picks his victims. Any yeah. ladies that request his book essentially uh-huh. is going to get killed for the goddess.
5: What a dick bag.
3: He sent to the Fremont residence, which is our main character's house. And the only reason I typed this is that this movie is only an hour and has already had eight fucking clips.
4: (laughs) I wrote that in my
3: notes. (laughs) He offers another prayer to Ishtar and they cut to bathing beauties who are nowhere near the teenage age
5: they are attempting to portray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these kids are fucking 60. Yeah.
3: Well who gives a fuck because they are clearly a little sleazy in ladies and that's fucking perfect for this kind of
5: movie hey man we we be liking sleazy all right
3: (laughs) connie lays by the pool pretending to read and looking amazing doing it and we hear fuad is about because his drums are going off in the background and then we see him the bathing beauties get out of the pool and i think that's been a long enough time for typing that's our next clip see
10: i sure am excited about that party tomorrow night I wonder what mother has planned. I don't know, but your mom certainly asked as if she had thought of a real treat. I can hardly wait for this party to start. Sounds like a real blast. It's getting late. It's got of I want to finish shopping before it gets too dark. Gets me the shivers when I think of that killer loose somewhere. I'm going to get dressed. Jay, Suzette, do you know what type of party your mother has planned? Well, I'm not sure, but I think I have an idea. I'm not supposed to know anything about it. I think it's going to be an Egyptian feast. Egyptian feast? Yes. Well, you know, Mom knows how interested I've been in Egyptian culture. And have been going to these lectures every week. Doesn't that sound exciting?
3: At the end of the clip, I assume that Miss Sanders is the one heading home, and we see Fuad make a slink sprint as he brains her and then scoops her up to carry her off screen, leaving her purse and a fucking shoe behind, indicating the foul play at hand. Dude, seriously, get the fucking shoe and purse to at least try to cover your tracks a little. You're
5: fucking leaving evidence everywhere. What the (laughs) fuck,
3: man? (laughs) Fucking lame fucking killer. What a dumbass. We cut from this to the pig pen and
4: our next clip.
8: That's right. Trudy Sanders. She's been missing since last night. Now, look, I want an all-city alarm, and I want to know the moment you hear anything. I can only hope it's not the killer.
7: Yeah. You know, Trudy is a good friend of Suzette Fremont's. She said she left her house about 7.30 last night. And she never got home, Chief.
8: Yes, it looks bad. But we're doing everything we can to find her. Look, I'm going down and check on the suspects that the boys brought in this morning. Keep me posted, Pete. Will do.
7: Hello, I'd like to speak to Suzette, please. Sure. Hello, Suzette. Pete Thornton. Yeah, I know, that's why I called. You know, we've been so busy around here that I completely forgot about the dinner party. You know, I'll have to be late, honey, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, honey, I'm sorry, we haven't had any word on Trudy's yet. Yeah, I know you are, but, well, try and enjoy yourself anyway. Say, uh, just what was the big surprise? Hey, that sounds great. Real Egyptian-style stuff, huh? Who? Fuad Ramses. Oh, never heard of him. Oh, just like Dr. Flanders' speech, huh? Ishtar? Well... (laughs) I hope it isn't exactly like Flanders described it, but it does sound like fun, and I'll get there as soon as I can. Honey, okay? Goodbye, then. <sighs>
4: Ishtar. <laughs> yeah, he's.
5: Bitch is putting two and two together, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the pig
3: pen clip, we are back t- at the torture dungeon, ritual chamber, kitchen, fucking thing that Fuad runs.
5: Yeah, it's a kitchenette, but used for murder. True. Yeah.
3: Where our Ms. Sanders is still alive for now, as Fuad calls out for the flavor of blood, grabs a whip made out of yarn. It's very clearly made out of white yarn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and demands that his victim stop screaming and give herself up to the goddess while whipping the shit out. Out of her and there's blood everywhere as this happens and all she eventually either dies or passes out we can't tell which fuad drops the whip and is obviously exhausted and worn out from whipping her <laughs> he's and- worn i
5: mean that's a workout i mean say what you want that guy he, he, that's a full body workout he just did
3: and then he captures the blood in what looks like a chamber
5: pot <laughs> yeah 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 a chamber pot
3: They cut from this to the genius cop trying to figure out what's going on here and our next clip.
7: Ishtar. 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 Dr. Flanders, uh, this is Pete Thornton. Homicide? Yes, sir. Uh, I have a few questions I'd like you to help me with, sir. Now, you gave a talk last week on the blood feast of Ishtar, the Egyptian goddess. Yes, sir. The festival. Well, could you tell me a little bit more about it? Uh, Yes, Dr. Flanders, you've been very helpful. Thank you. And I have just one more question, sir. Have you ever heard of a man called Fuad Ramses? He runs a catering service. Oh? Ancient, weird, religious rites, huh? Yeah, we found a copy of that huh? the... No, uh, never mind, sir. Uh, thank you, doctor. Thank you very much. Yeah, Lieutenant Thornton. Listen, alert all cars. Send them to the vicinity of 45th and Lincoln. A place called Ramses Catering. And listen, get Mason over here fast.
5: I think we got our killer. I think we got our
3: killer. <laughs> I love how he puts that together. That
5: Etar and Ashtar yeah. sounds so much alike. Uh, of course, yeah. He's, he's a genius. After Good this,
3: <laughs> after this, we see Fuad preparing the feast by putting a bloody mannequin leg in a pizza oven, completely unseasoned, and in a matter of seconds, it is charbroiled because you can't cook a fucking mannequin leg with direct heat like that. Duh. Right. Jesus. this dissolves into frank and pete storming fuad's catering business with like two patrol officers and they don't even bother turning on the lights as they storm in touch everything and are just genuinely terrible at their job
5: they really are just horrible but yeah most cops are
3: they turn on the light to find Trudy saunders bloody and splayed out dead in a pool of her own blood with just enough fabric on her body to appease the censors but the gore will haunt them forever forever pete starts monologuing about how this is a blood feast and how it's done even though we've heard it all before they're padding out the time and i'm going to do the same with the episode in our Ultimate clip
4: if
7: i'm right these are the leftovers From the preparation for the Feast of Ishtar. That's a blood feast. They take all the young girls and they cook them to satisfy their goddess. Oh, no. Holy smoke, Frank. We gotta get over to the Fremont house. They're having a dinner party tonight. And Fuad Ramsey's is the caterer. Fuad Ramsey?
8: Well, let's get going. Roberts, Nicholson, Harris, get on that phone. Call the Fremonts. For Pete's sake, tell them not to eat anything. Oh, and try not to make Ramsey suspicious until we get there. With this...
5: Da, the- da, da, da,
4: da.
3: With this, the pigs are on the move, and we see that someone is on the phone when they cut to the Fremont's house, when Connie Mason has a fit with her friend on the phone, but she is obviously holding up the line, so that's why the cops can't get through. Fuad arrives and states the Feast of Ishtar is about to begin, but he needs to have the hot young lady help reenact a part of the feast from 5,000 years ago. Maybe don't leave your daughter alone with a creepy fucking caterer just because he says it's okay and it has to be done before your
5: guests can have food. I mean, if you're going to be a stickler like that, sure, but you're never allowing your kids to grow up then. (laughs)
3: Fuad tries to explain why there is no food in the house and somehow talks her into indulging him by getting up on the kitchen counter as if she is on an altar of sacrifice. Her being stupid, she does not recognize. This is from the lecture about how the sacrifice takes place. She attended that, but anyway, he starts the ritual. She starts with the chanting as she is told to do and is also keeping her eyes closed as she is told to do. As he is about to kill her, she even asks if he would sacrifice her on the altar and then she just keeps chanting away and then she says this is silly it just goes on back and forth like this for quite a while padding out the film he gets the machete out and prepares the kill but Connie is saved at the last minute by her mother coming in and screaming as she goes to save her daughter just in time odd being a coward he does his slink run off into the Florida humidity as sirens are heard all over the cops go after him on foot where there are cars they could use to capture him much more quickly but we have to keep this running time at an hour so Pete checks on the Fremont as well as the chief and comforts the lady before telling her her friend Trudy is fucking dead. Connie attempts to cry and emote, but it is so wooden and awful. You just cringe at it.
5: Yeah, of course. Cause I mean, listen, the acting here is isn't what we're fucking here for. All right.
3: <laughs> Pete and the chief take off and they cut to Fuad running through a garbage dump or beach or both. It is Florida after all. And how the fuck could we tell?
5: Yeah, true. I mean, it's fucking, it, there's a reason it's called Florida man. All right. <laughs>
3: He makes it to the other side of the dump after what feels like fucking forever and then stops to toss his machete at them for no fucking reason and then turns to run and hops into the back of a garbage truck because reasons, I guess. (laughs) he casts confusion <laughs> and then for whatever reason is automatically crushed in the garbage truck before they can even stop the driver. Frank muses like a moron about how Fuad is died in garbage like the garbage he was and Pete reiterates the Ishtar-E-Tar bullshit connection in a serious rundown that we already got but whatever this is for those folks getting laid instead of watching what's going on in the drive-in. The matter of fact fuck it I'm done writing about that that's our final clip. You just
8: did this town the biggest service it's ever had. Sergeant, notify headquarters that the killer is no more. He died a fitting death the garbage he was. Pete, how in the world did you figure this out
7: anyway? Well, Frank, I kept remembering the name Etar. You know, the name that girl gave us before she died. Well, Suzette Fremont told me that her mother had planned a real Egyptian feast as a surprise for her. And you know what a bug I am on Egyptian culture. Well, Dr. Flanders gave a talk on the ancient Egyptian goddess Ishtar last week. The names Etar and Ishtar were so similar that I got a hunch. And then Suzette told me that a Fuad Ramses was catering their fair. So I called Dr. Flanders and asked him more about the blood festival of Ishtar. He said he knew of a out Ramses who had written a book called The Ancient Weird Religious Rites. And then I remembered a book we found next to the body of the girl who was killed in the bathtub. It's the same book. Now obviously, this man kept a list of the people who wrote for this book. So, Frank, who knows if the spell of this monstrous goddess has possessed anyone else. Lust, murder, food for an ancient goddess who received life through the perverted death of others. Let's go home, Frank.
5: <laughs> book him, Dano the truck driver closes the garbage
3: truck the cops wander off monster dead movie over roll credits (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that fucking movie. What a trip. All right, yes, it's amateurish. Yes, it's poorly acted. Yes, everything about this movie I should fucking hate. But the blood looks so fucking real and it was the first of its kind and I adore everything that's wrong with it all at once. Like everything about this movie how fucking cheaply it's done, how fucking careless it's put together. Just everything about it that I should hate I find charming and endearing and I fucking love this. Every time you know what, I watch I it it's a joy.
5: I can't hate this movie. I don't know how you can hate it it's unhateable it really it's just it's so fucking adorable (laughs) it's quite literally like your friend
3: or even your teenage son made their first movie and show it to you and this is what they produce and you're like man you guys really seem like you had a lot of fun while making this
5: you know for me it's like that it's like a 12 year old chihuahua that only has three legs and only has one eye and it just hops and its tongue flops out and it should be the grossest thing you see, but you're like, oh, my fucking God, it's so adorable. And that's how, that's how I view this movie. <laughs> and you're
3: like, what's that dog's name? And they go, Lucky. And you're like, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, everything that I've had to say about it that was negative is absolutely 100% true. Connie Mason is terrible. She yes. looks at and reads the cue cards and misreads and then randomly goes back and corrects it as if they're going to edit anything in there. yeah right the only the only editing that they did was assembling the shots that they put together these are all clearly one takes there are so many flubs there are so many fuck ups and it doesn't get better than this this is they continue to make this level of fucking trash yes they try a little harder yes they may start doing a few more takes here and there but like this is your baseline for the type of entertainment you can expect from the rest of Herschel Gordon Lewis for the next fucking 15 weeks after this
5: well yay for us I
3: guess (laughs) but here's the thing all of them even the nastier ones where he's really ta- trying to like make them like specifically nasty like even his ruffies have a certain charm to them yeah. and i don't know why that is but it just it feels like you can tell that the people that are making this film are not taking it serious and having a blast and so like that tongue-in-cheek humor kind of like the 90s snl films where they were making them bad on purpose because they were just getting money and they were having fun with it like yeah. you can you can feel that in those films and you can feel it in Herschel gordon lewis's as
5: well True. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun time. It's a fun watch. Uh, again, like I said, you're not, it, it, there's no, Reputable reason to love this movie, but I just fucking do. So, (laughs) yeah, and it's a total blast as a group
3: watch. It completely is just like we were talking shit during the clips and everything like that. That I'll try and find as many of those parts as I can. Like, you will have fun watching this as a group. It is so much fun. It really is.
5: It is totally.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I kind of had an idea and I'm just going to bring it up here because we need to pad out the episode a little bit more and it gives us something else to talk about besides how much fun the movie is, despite how bad we know it
5: is. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
3: Okay, so I was thinking we need to start doing a little something uh, besides just the news that we can do without too much awful work where you don't have to pull something up, and I wanted to propose to you that we start a segment, instead of doing the news, or maybe we'll do the news and the segment to pad out the episode more, who knows, but we're going to do like a little story time thing where either something related to watching the movie for the first time or something along those lines or something that we remind ourselves of a time of our life that you know took place when we first saw the film or even uh, when this film was released a story that we may have that has something to do with this. Not completely 100% related. It could just be a fucking story you want to tell to brag on yourself. But we're going to do a story time segment as well. So we're still telling stories, but instead of reading weird PSYOP news, we're telling stories of our lives and we're sharing because that's something that we can just do off the top of our head to pad out episodes. All right. What do you think?
5: Yeah, sure. Let's fucking do it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I got this idea because we were talking about how much fun it was to hear the Herschel Gordon Lewis and the folks just like basically share a little piece of their life and how life was like back then. Right. Yeah. And I I think maybe the audience was like that. Maybe they wouldn't. I mean, maybe they just want to hear us rag on Florida for like the 500th fucking time because Florida,
5: man, (laughs) Florida, man. I mean, well, listen, yeah. We'll never run out of news stories because Florida, unfortunately, is still a state in the union. So, (laughs) Despite their best efforts to get kicked out. No matter how much Mother Nature is letting us know it fucking hates Florida. uh, (laughs) Listen, if you believe in God, you have to believe in the fact that God hates Florida. It's like, fuck this state in particular.
3: (laughs) Wow. Well, I think we're just a little salty because this is where all these movies are being filmed.
5: (laughs) Well, I'm also just salty at Florida and its government as a whole. So, (laughs) all right. So do you feel like doing news or
3: do you want to take a crack at story time?
5: Uh, I have no story for this movie because it's the first time I ever watched it. it was now. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I actually have a little something in a story time. You, if you've got a story time,
5: you go right ahead. I'm interested.
3: All right. Well, why don't we do a short, shitty news story, and then we'll, right. do, we'll do a short, so shitty story time as well, because I'm going to have to come up with a segment noise for story time as well, so uh,
5: right, we'll uh, uh,
3: see what I come up with. Right now, we're going to take a break. On the Pirate Radio Edit, we're going to play the death metal band, I guess you could call them, Samael, with the song Blood Ritual, and then after that, we'll fuck up the show really bad. All right. It says blood ritual in there, and it was a blood ritual for blood. Blood feast, ritual. So that that works, I suppose. Fuck it. <laughs> do you have anything for the people, or? What, yeah, what? I sure do. All right, so why don't we just
5: go ahead and give them some sciop news? This comes from a man, Robert. Robert in the field our man robert in the field he must have an incredibly long penis and funny enough why these men are risking it all to grow bigger dicks <laughs> from the daily beast Old cops are bumbling dummies oops wrong one and we're back to dicks we are we we're, and we're i can't believe you didn't play it but yeah we are talking about penises
3: uh <laughs> oh i forgot about that one i don't even uh, know uh, where that one is god damn that's one of my
5: confused direction right now no it's, it's it's not really confused i know what i'm doing uh miguel did De- have any desire to try and grow his penis until he broke it. The faithful Shut moment up. Happened. are you talking about penises? I am. Uh the faithful moment happened in January 2020. I'm telling you, man, 2020 is when the world changed, and uh, I don't fucking know what to do about that anymore. Did you say the uh, guy broke his cock? Yeah, he broke his penis. Yeah, wow, yeah. Uh in January 2020, during a particularly vigorous session of anal sex with his then wife. Although he experienced ongoing pain after the incident, and difficulty maintaining the erection because doctor wrote off his attempts to get help as a mental health issue. That was, of uh, course, until his penis started to bend. It's going to uh. cost you some serious cock.
3: Okay, if you've injured your dick to the point where it starts to just randomly bend on you, you should yeah. have gone and seen a fucking doctor way before that.
5: Because if you well, don't, well, no, he went it's to go cost see a doctor. Serious cock before it bented, and the doctor just was like, "Oh no, you have mental health issues." <laughs> fucking doctors. So then a visit to a urologist confirmed Miguel's worst fears. He had developed a condition called Peyronie's disease. He built up a scar tissue in the penis, which causes curved and painful erections, making sex almost impossible. Miguel's marriage deteriorated. His wife started sleeping in a separate bedroom. His penis shrunk because of the curvature. And he, was, and he was desperate to speed up the healing process. I, I'm feeling bad for this guy.
6: It's the erection that
5: counts. Uh, but his doctor recommended trying something called traction, uh, a penis stretching technique achieved by placing one's genitals in a vice-like contraption to extend its leg. Fucking it, ow. Okay, first <laughs> of all,
3: you know every male that's out in the audience at first there's, was like, wait, there's a wait, way to make it longer was, called traction. What are we doing? Yeah, what, what, and what's, then it, what's then it, the risk? Right, and then it was described how to do it, and yeah. every guy all of a sudden crossed their legs and cringed and went, "Well, every, maybe not."
5: Every man so far has now turned off the podcast; they're done <laughs> listening to us. Now it's just us and the ladies. Yeah. Hi,
3: ladies. Okay, so how does how does this thing work again? Can you describe <laughs> right. it again for the pain? Hold on.
5: Yes, I can. Hold on, it's us, the ladies, and the masochists. The ones who are like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, hear all the, about it.
3: The fan, the fans of CBT when they contain both cock and balls,
5: if you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So a penis stretching technique achieved by placing one's genitals at a vice-like contraption to extend its length. He felt he had nothing to lose. It kind of sucks. You've got to literally sit for six hours a day with this thing on your dick. But luckily, I work from home, so it ended up working out for me, Miguel said, who is now 37 and lives in California, where he works as a programmer. Holy fuck. This guy's almost my life minus the penis stretching. (laughs) Well, dude, you can do it now. I'm just saying now, you know, Uh, Uh, I
3: don't want to get too into it, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be forbidden for me to make it any longer than it already is.
5: It took a month of those six-hour stretching sessions conducted from the comfort of his desk at home and sometimes even in the midst of his Zoom meetings if his camera was off for Miguel to fix the curvature of his penis. When he realized if his camera
3: was off, that's a way to play it safe, my man.
5: When he realized it had started working even better and faster than before, he decided to continue. Now, almost three years later, and he claims to have added two and a half inches in length and just under an inch of girth to his penis, bringing it to a grand total of eight inches in length and six inches in circumference. Still, the stretching sessions continue. He states, if I'm at home working and I'm not doing it, I feel like I'm wasting my time because I could be stretching. I get the shakes if I don't do it, he said.
3: The dudes that have stuck around because they're 100% everyone's, curious on how to make
5: it bigger. They're like, okay,
3: maybe it's worth it,
5: right? Everyone's putting in requests
3: with their bosses. Can I start working from home for like a few months? <laughs> I need to do some peanut stretching clip. Why? Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, you, know, you know what? You could... He's gaining he's gaining length and girth, and the girth yeah. is the important part. And six girth inches is the most important. circumference yeah. of girth sounds like he's going to make somebody very happy and also sore at the same time.
5: Yeah, I mean, maybe," uh, said Miguel, who has since left his ex-wife and re-entered the dating market. Uh, he states that he doesn't think that it's a form of addiction, but then maybe it is. But if I'm, but he says if he's not doing it, he feels like he's being unproductive. Stretch goals. Miguel is one (laughs) of 62,500 people who subscribe to R Getting Bigger, the online Reddit community for men who want to enlarge their penises. Everybody hear
3: that? R Getting Bigger.
5: (laughs) I mean, I'm thinking they're going to get more members today. Uh, Literally members, if you know what I'm saying. Huh? (laughs) Uh, members huh these dad jokes are making me want to die uh the online reddit community for men who want to enlarge their penises through a variety of uh vigilante techniques (laughs) shut up are you talking about penises i don't know why that's
6: vigilante
3: techniques
5: (laughs) hold on i'm gonna have to get around that one
3: Let's jacket or something. <laughs> Your silicone penis budget is out of control. You can't pay a bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowie. <laughs> My dick and balls are worth a lot more than $60. It's
5: all anti-techniques. I just imagine Batman stretching his dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be one way to interrogate a fucking felon.
5: Always oh, looking for Wang. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, if you stretch it too much, you're going to actually make it a terrifying thing to behold. And therefore...
5: If you want a fear boner. Okay. You good? Okay. Oh, yeah, hold on. Just give me a second. I don't know. It's gonna why. cost you some serious cock. Oh, that just got me really good. <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking I'm a mess over here. <laughs> well, tears are good lube. I really are.
4: Uh, mm.
5: Only on Valentine's Day. Okay. <sighs> oh, oh. <sighs> huh. It has tripled in size in the last year, a rate of growth that will make it one of the biggest subreddits on the platform if the expansion steadily continues. And oh, it's rapid I rise. I thought when you said
3: tripled in size, I thought you were talking you know. about
5: the dude's way. <laughs> right. Uh, and race back to the dicks. Root cause of its ever increasing popularity and whether such activities are safe. According to BD founder and moderator of Getting Bigger. The Fluttersy Group is the largest member of a network of penis enlargement communities that have existed on the internet for years and it's more popular than people realize. In the past three months, uh, quote, in the past three months, they have gotten 60 million views. Uh, BD, a 26-year-old software developer and penis enlargement YouTuber from Pennsylvania told the Daily Beast. (laughs) you know
3: what more power to you for admitting that that's what you're doing and that's that's the type of work you're going to do on yourself i mean good for him yeah maybe maybe grow more as a person than just a penis but okay whatever
5: well that's just one subreddit he's on maybe he's on like uh read poetry daily subreddit as well or some shit (laughs) it's probably he just probably stretches his penis all the time but whatever clip (laughs) oh god okay Those who are active in the community believe that the techniques offer mental health benefits that outweigh and are entirely separate from the end goal of permanently extending their penises. Quote, uh, we would say, uh, hold on, I fucked that up. Uh, Quote, I would say it's very similar to getting positive results at a fitness center if you decide you want to get in better shape. Benjamin Clark, a 44-year-old penis enlargement enthusiast from Georgia, told the Daily Beast, Clark has even been selling his own penis enlargement contraption, a penis stretcher, and a weight-hanging device called the Mail Hanger since 2012. Uh, you start looking a little better in the mirror. You feel a little better with, uh, about yourself. You said it's not so much an addiction. It's uh, the satisfaction that comes from it. So, um, uh, okay, really, this story just gets redundant. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, there's a large community of people who are just enlarging their penises out there. So, you know. Be out and be fruitful, I guess. I I don't know.
3: Hey, you know, it's definitely something that the internet is offering that might actually be beneficial. If this guy says he found a way that actually works for him, you know, if it can work for you too, sure. Go for it. I guess folks, you know?
5: Yeah. I mean, Hey, listen we're not here to tell you how to live your life. You do what you do.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to just say for now, like, it's not for me. And I know that sounds kind of a bit of a braggart thing to say, but uh, it's not that I don't think it would be worth it. Like, if you really do feel like you need to make it bigger, sure. But at a certain point, you have to realize that you're going to have to be able to fit this member into somebody else. So, you're going to have to either get into size queens that are into pain (laughs) for making it so big that it wasn't fit anywhere, or you're Probably gonna have to realize that it's not really the size. It is the motion of the ocean.
4: (laughs)
5: It's not the size. You know what? I'm fine. Uh, I'm good. I I I don't really need any help.
3: Yeah, and and like I said, I would pretty much be forbidden to do anything like that anyway. As it so.
5: Yeah, I'm well liked the way I am. So that's that's all I need.
3: I will just say that I'm moderately tolerated the way that I am. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. goodness gracious okay so the story time thing that i wanted to do and yeah. this is how i would roll into it because it's story time uh, story time i just may use that there you <laughs> go. i don't know but anyway uh the blood how herschel gordon lewis made his own blood I, that's what i'm going to do this week for the story time thing and again it can be completely unrelated yeah, you, you know right. what i mean you could just gotcha. what, whatever bullshit thing that you feel like talking about because that's how we go we do that anyway it usually becomes an outtick and why don't we just Move it to here, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. All right.
3: <laughs> All right. So Herschel Gordon Lewis based his fake blood on a, like the very base of his blood. Like what was actually the consistency and everything that he needed to make it feel more realistic was called Kaopectate. Do you know what pectate is? I do not. It's sort of a medicine that's sort of a forerunner of uh, Pepto-Bismol. It's like very similar to that. Um, I think it's more, um, I think it might be like a more of a natural, not necessarily diuretic, but like um, makes it easier to go to the bathroom. I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked up kaopectate in a while, but yeah. it's it's an upset stomach type of medication. Now, this kaopectate stuff had the right consistency and it had the right opacity, but it wasn't 100% white like they were using in the, what they called Kensington Gore or theatrical blood that you would get from the 3M Corp like was used in Dawn of the Dead and stuff mm. like that, that you're used to seeing that sort of temper paint look to it. And because it had that right consistency, and because he experimented with the stage blood to get the look that he wanted, he was able to use the red food coloring and blue drops and all of that kind of coloring that we're used to seeing in fake blood now, on top of this base of pectate, And it made it potable as well. It wasn't made out of something that someone couldn't put in their mouth, although they didn't want to swallow it, obviously. And yeah. that had the double benefit in the creation of this actual base for his uh for his fake blood and you know adding the cherries and the other things like that he was basically like not want to spend the money on something as expensive as say hamburger or these pieces of meat to put on the fake blood so he would find pie fillings and various other things like that that when soaked in blood would give him the effect that he wanted and that's kind of how they did that they paid the money for the sheep's tongue but then used a bunch of cherries to offset the costs and things like that as well yeah uh, the yarn whip was very clearly, uh, the center of it probably had some kind of like plastic bag that had the blood in it that had a hole cut in it. And every time he would fling the whip, the yarn would protect the actress from getting hurt and the yarn would soak in the blood and look like it was blood coming from her back soaking into the whip. Nice. That's how that effect was pretty much done. You could kind of tell the way that it's done. And if you go back and watch the film, you can see the rudimentary parts of how they actually do these little pieces of effects and you can tell what does meet, what is like, you know, the various pieces and everything. But what's really interesting is the entire technique that they set up in the start of Blood Feast to the finish with every little piece of effect to this day is still used in some way, shape, or form. Now the base oh. for pectate for the blood isn't as much often used. Um, now they use caramel color to get that same tint and usually like a karo syrup or some type of other uh, base that isn't as sticky as k syrup. But your typical traditional fake blood recipe hasn't really changed so much from what Herschel Gordon Lewis is doing for the tinting and making it look good on film. The gore, people still use guts and animal viscera to this day in some films, although that stuff is super disgusting and you can get fake guts that are relatively believable now um, for really cheap. It's not that hard to do, so you can avoid that if you really want to. But Those techniques are still used. Pieces of meat uh, filmed to look like actual meat. I mean, even in Aliens, they used actual clams when they were examining the facehugger and moving it around. In Alien and Aliens, that's actual pieces of clam that they take out of the shells and make it look like it's the meat of the the face hugger. So that's still used. Oh, well, that's nice. Where like because the textures are good enough and it, it will work on film and that's what they're gonna use. So they do it, you know? Oh, yeah. So there you go that's a little bit of story time on the history of some of the effects and how it all actually does flow from here including the Ballyhoo and the promotions that they use um, there's some stuff that's going to be in the main feed from the score of Blood Feast uh, that I'm going to use instead of the songs that I used on the pirate radio edit so even some of the marketing campaign bits uh, like Bill Kerwin actually was introducing the film trying to warn the audience about it and we used that actually in our first year theme I put that in our first year's theme <laughs> <laughs> nice or maybe it was second year theme i can't remember exactly where it was but i used to do that warning uh thing that i would put at the beginning of our shows and i use that well, in yeah. second year and part of it was some of the stuff that bill curran had to say for the intro to blood Feast. so there oh, we that's go. nice yeah we've rounded it out to a nice about hour and a half ish time by the time we go ahead and close this out of course it's gonna cut down to much shorter than that but uh this is a full fucking episode there we go there you go man we did it Okay. And that's your fucking story time folks we're going to play the mm. ending legion promo and then after that for the pirate radio edit we're going to have the legendary shack shakers with blood on the
11: blue grass right after this if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the Podcasts, duncan and bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast Friday the 13th get slayed the hell mean power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s
3: fit pretty well. And everyone that can't understand death metal are going to have to probably take my word for it for the last song that I played before this from Sam Mayall.
5: That's fine.
3: <laughs> and definitely for the song that I play to actually end the show when we finally get through all the pablum that we have to do to tell people how to find memes and stuff. That's going to uh-huh. also have to do with blood rituals and sacrifice. Yeah, too. You're not going to understand it because it's also, I believe, death metal. <laughs> I no, those song it's it's fine.
5: <laughs> I've don't i, gotta, I I've gotten through most of my life and I haven't understand shit Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. I disagree.
3: If you'd like to find the previous 398 times, or 99 times, or maybe even the 400 times that we have referenced Animal House on this show, that's all available at LegionPodcast.com. You can search for Cinema Psyops there. You can do a Google search for Cinema Psyops wherever. But our whole entire show repository is available there for you.
5: And I said repository, not suppository. We don't recommend uh, this show there. Yeah, we should not go into your butthole. <laughs> Clip? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> If you'd like
3: to discuss whether or not that should be a clip, uh, I'm usually available on the Legion Discord chat, and uh, I pop in there every now and then to just kind of, you know, throw in a little something something to talk about whatever's
5: going on with our
3: show or just comment on a movie that somebody's watching. And I try to be supportive and not a dick because that's kind of the general rule of Legion Discord.
5: You're a very nice man that way. (laughs) I mean, not to me or a lot of other people, but at least to the people online. (laughs) The people who
3: are deserving and have done nothing wrong to me, they get treated well.
5: No, I don't. I, I,
3: I wouldn't even believe that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and do the meme rundown here. Uh, yeah. Cinema underscore PsyOps on Instagram, then shared to the Facebook page, Cinema PsyOps, then the Facebook group, Cinema PsyOps, as well as my main page as myself, Court PsyOps
5: there. That's how you get the memes, folks. Yeah. That, the, if you want the memes... That's where you get them, and you're going to love them memes. Their memes are important.
3: <laughs> While you're out there wondering if memes actually are important and what the fuck is going on with Cart that Matt would actually accuse him of being cruel to people for no reason at all, just well, ignore they, all of that. They listen to the show, man. <laughs> just ignore all of that. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your I saw you joining i wanted to you know add a little something special there
5: give it a little razzle dazzle yeah
3: <laughs> let me get you set up to record on your side here so good okay should be good to
9: recording go. in progress
3: one two three Luck feast the first of 16 weeks of this kind of stuff. Oh, you're kind of breaking in and out on me there. You alright? Yeah. Uh it's probably just my internet or something. It's really windy uh-huh. so we'll just try to work through it as best as possible. Yeah, hey,
5: I'm uh, I'm getting an updated fiber link so my internet's going to be faster. Noise. Going fiber.
3: Noise. <laughs> well, we can't say who it is, but that's who I have too.
5: Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, the uh the other folk
3: <laughs> the other conglomerate that owns internet that is trying to yes. outdo the one that has already that's bruised its company people too much.
5: Yeah. Oh Jesus.
4: <laughs> well
3: now I feel like shit. It is what it is. Let's uh, let's go ahead and yeah. get started on this uh, this blood feast thing. So it's 16 um, more weeks of this. <laughs> woo! Blood feast. Yeah. Wait till we get to the ruffies next week.
5: Oh God.
3: <laughs> All right. Here we go. Gonna do a special intro before the song. Three, two, one. Hello. Oh yeah. yeah. You cut out on me there. Oh, it's a. We'll just try to work through it. The internet is what the internet yeah. is.
5: <laughs> it's it's windy. It's windy out. All right.
3: Yeah, we had brownouts earlier, so hopefully we can get this show done without yeah, right? future future issues. So
5: we'll see.
7: Well, Frank, this looks like one of those long, hard ones. Cle- I know what you
11: mean. Okay. Ah.
5: Let's go to the drive-ins and make out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know those beams where they always have the people that are like, "What if we kissed under the blah 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 blah?"
5: Yeah, would it be crazy? Yeah,
3: mine would. Mine would basically be, "What if we made out during the boring parts of Blood Feast?" At yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Terrible. Three, two. Terrible one. court. Three, two, one.
2: Cater to unusual affairs. Unusual things are not what you
3: want for food. No. I want regular food. Yeah, I want the usual things prepared in an unusual
5: way way that I will enjoy. Yeah. (laughs) I want wings and beer. That's it. None of your weird shit. (laughs) Oh, God, Tony. Get it together, man.
3: (laughs) He is by far the worst actor in this fucking movie. (laughs)
5: You... Come on, Tony.
3: I I oh, no, wait. The mother coming up at the end of this clip is actually much yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why the fuck not our next clip? And I just deleted it like a fucking chump.
5: Oh,
3: what a chump. It's number six. Drag you over number six.
10: Easy, Mr. Officer. You're supposed to keep law and
5: all, not break it. T- clearly, you don't know any cops. You know, you yeah, know. right. Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. Sorry, jeez, I got
0: issues.
3: if memes actually are important and what the fuck is going on with Cart that Matt would actually accuse him of being cruel to people for no reason at all. Just but ignore they li- all of that. They listen to the show, man. <laughs> Just ignore all of that. Kick the fuck out of this week and
5: make it your bitch.
3: <laughs> okay, you could, you could stop recording on your uh,
5: side. all uh, that. Uh...
3: Recording stopped.